pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. What's going on, everybody? David Tyree here. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. This is where you're going to check in, get you on to your journey, your pain point. But listen, this is Mission Legend today. I'm excited to be here. Today is the table where the legends meet. Got my man, Wally Dixon, street ball legend, owner of Streetball Basketball Association. Is that right, fam? Um, Blacktop Streetball. Blacktop Streetball Basketball Association, but certified and one legend. What's good, man? Good to have What's you at good, the table. brother? Yo, it's a blessing to be here, man. Ah, man. Listen, so we already been Literally around the round table. This is the table. <laughs> and I know you had a stint at Rutgers, you know, but we, you know, you know, we got to yeah, represent yeah. the orange. We got to bring some orange vibes. But I appreciate you checking in, man. This is Definitely. this is a long time coming. We've yeah. known each other for quite some time, been big, big supporters of one another. Yes. I'm going to pin you back to the wall, take you down memory lane. We typically start off every episode. Where were you when you first saw the helmet catch? What were your thoughts? Was there any wild story that came along with it? Give it to me. Right in the family room, in my crib with my boys and them, and I really don't really watch sports. Okay. So I like to see a good game, and just so happened, at the time, I didn't even know that was happening. Oh. I just know that it was a great catch, and then when I heard the name, I said, hold up. And that's when, you know, that's what I remember about that game, and y'all won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Now, was you a Giants fan at all growing up? Did you ever watch any football at I all? Watched, yeah, definitely watched it. I never, to this day, at 49 years old, I don't, I wasn't a, like, I don't have a favorite team. No favorite team? Uh, sports, none of that. Just, football, basketball, I just like to see a good game. I love it. So you would, listen, that's, that's, that's some gangster stuff, Dix. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's wild. You know, because I grew up a Knicks fan. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, so that's, that's it's double meanings on the orange here. So, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Double mean is on the orange, but it's obviously such, such, such a moment where typically everybody remembers exactly where they were, who they were with, and what was going on. And you're like you're one of these legends in my own in my own experience, being in college and won basketball, um, booms onto the national scene, and it was literally because of the the credibility of our community. Yes. The, the hood, the game that gave so many of us an opportunity just to compete, blood, sweat, and tears, and bring our own. You know, you know that thing is like therapy, right? The yes. black tie. <laughs> Definitely is. So, I mean, I'm really even trying to figure out where to start because I know there's so many layers of your journey. I want to do, in light of this being catch the moment, you have, in my personal opinion, many pillars to your your success journey. What would you say is your defining moment? You know, you're mature. You're at this place as a seasoned entrepreneur, still carrying the baton of, of, of blacktop streetball and, you know, knowing what you p- paved. So what now would you say has been your defining moment? My defining moment was getting cut from sixth grade and seventh grade mm. basketball. You know, at that point, I knew I wanted to prove to myself and also prove to the coaches that cut me. Not knowing that I was being set up for... Um, anything or any roadblocks I was going to get down the road. But as a young age, you're not thinking like that. When I look back on it, that was my moment where I said, you know what? If I could make a team, yeah, eighth grade team, 
that's going to open up a lot of doors for different things. Mm. Um, not knowing how the AM1 was going to happen, not knowing I wasn't going to be a great student athlete, none of that stuff. But that moment, yeah. it really set me up to where I'm able to deal with different adversities in life at 49 years old and my journey up until 49. That's so super dope. I mean, obviously, MJ's moment is kind of reflected there. That's, so would you say from a mindset perspective, do you find that the adversities, the people doubting you, you know, everybody finds motivation in different places. What has been some of your wiring that has allowed you to kind of um, attain certain measures of success or um, just high-level performance? What has been a part of the fuel that feeds the fire? Um, what happens is when you're young and doing something, you don't really understand that you know, you're, you're being a pioneer or you're you know, yeah. starting a culture or, or, or you know, people <laughs> sending you messages saying, yo, you saved my life. You don't know really what you're doing. Man. You figure it out. As you get a little older and start maturing, everybody was like, yo, you should be in the NBA. You yeah. make it to the NBA. But did I do everything I was supposed to do to try to make it to the NBA? Or was God or did God have different plans? Yeah. You know, maybe he took me through a different journey. But he was able to let me have balance. The balance nice. was number one, when you get to the playing side, coming from New Jersey by way of South Carolina, a lot of people said the best had to come from New York. So mm. when I got an opportunity to play at Rucker Park with Mousy at 15 years old, not only 15? was I out there playing, I'm like, yo, I got jersey. Like, because we always get overlooked. Oh, man. Look right now. We don't have a I'm, professional basketball team, a professional NFL team. I'm going to try not to change the, I'm hey, try not to just, change the direction. Listen, <laughs> hey, listen, passes come from every angle. We just got to catch them. So Absolutely. no matter how the interview go, whatever. <laughs> but my point was I have to go over there and put on not only for myself. Yeah. I have to go put on for the, for the state. For jersey. And also... It goes back to sixth grade and seventh grade. Mm. Average, and my aunt was the principal. I thought I was a shoe in. No doubt. But it let me know that no matter who's there, you know, somebody said, yo, you got to connect over there. I'm going to yo, call your man for me. I thought I had my aunt there, but she proved the point as well. No matter what you get out of life, you're going to earn it. So mm. I had to learn how to play basketball. I only had two good coaches. Brian Crawford, North Rams, mm -hmm. and Tyrone Gibbons, who had me when I was real young at PAL, you know? So nice. Um, that, those, the things I went through getting cut, it helped me. And I was always like on the defensive side, like, all right, you know, but some things just have to happen. Even with my, my boys, you know, I let them know, like, yo, they be like, yo, Pops, what you call him? Nah, yo, some of this stuff you gotta get on your own. Yeah. I'll be in the, the fourth quarter overtime, I'll make a call, but I wanted them to learn on their own because some of our downfalls will help us and groom us to be who we are today. And it's not who man, yeah. who man wants us to be. Yeah. Once you tap in spiritual, you look at it different. Yeah, I'm out there dunking. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm partying. I'm shaking the bacon. I'm doing this. All of it. But there's something happening. Yeah. That a lot of people don't get a chance to grasp. Especially. Um, when I broke my leg in a car accident, at that time, I was going back to communities, hanging out with the community, having cookouts, going to parties in Chicago, Detroit. But then the accident came, and I'm like, whoa. But nah, that yeah. was yo, slow down. Mm. Because he allowed me to come back and play. You know, so yeah. the things we go through. So was that, was learn. the injury, right? It Was that in the middle of the N1? That, that, that was the middle of the N1. Wow, so um, we had an injury there. Yeah, car Drinking and driving, yeah. do not drink and drive. Please. Listen, I'm, I'm here to tell y'all, do not drink and drive, smoke and drive, whatever you're doing, don't do it. Because the end result for me was a night of Louis XIII, $250 a shot, ended Woo! up into a mercy break going through my leg, uh, broke my 10 fib, the biggest bone in your body, four screws in my second metal rod. But God loves so much to where even at that point, I'm still giving him his praise. But even... 
just because it's, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, when you had a relationship is different because he allowed me to come back and play. Yeah, he was merciful. But at that point in my life, I was just moving around too much. That's you know what I mean. And that was the only <laughs> way that he was able to slow me down for me to be confined at Listen, the crib for a year, like dogs chasing tail. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, you know, I and, and it's it's so it's so great for you to hear you see that where you can pull back. It's almost like coming out of your body and being able to see the lesson. From the losses, right? Yes. And that's that's at the end of the day, there are no losses. There's lessons in some of those experiences. But when we allow life to to teach us, then we then we're better positioned to lead. Not just not just really ourselves first. Yes, and, and then others. I, I love it, man. So you you, you clearly have you know. Fueled, you know, f there's a lot of fuel from some of the adversity. Who would you say were some of the people? And you probably obviously mentioned a few names in relation to coaches, but what was the support system like? Because I can only imagine, you know, especially in the, in the midst of the N one craze, mm -hmm. there was everything everywhere. What, was there anybody else kind of helping you keep a little bit of that straight and narrow, keep the focus, keep the gaze, and not completely lose your mind? It was my circle. I call my circle my team. We call it Nordica. They Dope. was older, but we family. So I'm from that era where they protected the athlete. You know, they I protected am. the joker who's going to be able to get them out of whatever position it was in, the ghetto, the hood, whatever yeah, you want to call yeah, it, the yeah. neighborhood. So I also had my own personal limits of how far I would go with certain things. I could hear my grandmother in the back of my mind, like, yo, you're not supposed to do that. Mm. Now, my mother and my father in my life, they never lived together when I was younger, but as the time went on, my mom wound up marrying my dad, vice versa. Sure. So the ground was there. Well, I wasn't no angel. No, 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 no. Listen, I wasn't no angel. Oh, listen, we got to get caught. You know, so, <laughs> you know, but I remember them days where I had to sit with, like, the basements we had in like, my neighborhood, the basement, you got to go around that little side, a little wall. Yeah. Just my little 40 days. I got my 40. Yeah. My cousin them around the corner. I don't know what they was doing. All I hear is, that's all I hear. There's noise. I don't know what they was doing. But they mm. never said, yo, you got to do this, you got to do that. They was moving and shaking and baking in the community. Yeah. So um, as I got a little older, started getting my feet wet in the city, um, even when I came to them with something like, yo, I got my own pack. Yeah. It was like, nah, you can't do that. Like, you know what I mean? I yeah. did that, but that wasn't, that wasn't my calling to be no hustler. <laughs> Um, I, it, I was yo. My cousin <laughs> says to me one night, "Yo, why these people keep coming right back? Yeah, yo, show me what you giving them for twenty dollars." Yeah, and I was giving them a handful. He was like, "Yo, that's why they keep coming back." And I, you know, so it just I was I was I'm, naive. And what made me stop? Number one, I couldn't bring no money to the crib. My sister started me, her, her friends. My sister Gloria, Tanya, Felicia, they come on the block. Ski, give me some money. They used to call me Ski. Yeah, like, money for where? Yeah, I'm telling mommy. Uh -huh. I'm giving everybody $50 a piece, so that just wasn't for me. And what made me stop, and I'm glad that it worked out like this, Yeah, this lady came and gave me $700 in food stamps. Mm. Gave her whatever. I told my man, I said, yo, I'm done. He was like, what you mean? I said, I, I said yo, if she gave us the food stamps, how her kids going to eat? He was like, what, you a hustler with a conscience? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was it. So I had my little run with that. I was it. But Proud of you for that. When you, when you, when you mature... And we say, like, uh, yo, they acting crazy over there. They doing this or they doing that. But look at what's really happening. Yeah. You know, it, was a, it was a control 
It was a controlled environment of when crack cocaine was planted into the mm -hmm. communities. So there's these are the offsprings, but I can't I can't be Jay Z and, and let them say ex drug dealer. Yeah, I can't be fifty and say ex drug dealer. No, because look at what we're really doing to our community. Yeah, we are we are poisoning Poison our, our own community. Yeah, we are so part of the problem. Can't, that's the only way we could get money. What he said, oh, you got a wicked jump shot or you sell crack, crack rock? That's right. To who? Yeah. So as you mature, and I'm letting y'all know, y'all going to get old one day, y'all going to mature one day, and we got to go through, we got to have downfalls to Absolutely. help us, to, Absolutely. to see our growth, to see what the man above could do. He could do things that a person could tell you. A person could say, yo, tomorrow I'm going to send you a check for a million dollars. Yeah. That's, if that person were, and they got that in their account, they could do it. Yeah. But God could give you riches that you monetarily can't touch, but your life could be enriched because he's not going to lie. Listen, man, <laughs> I tell people all the time, I'm the richest man in the world. My bank account don't reflect it, but I'm the richest man out here. Yes. I got seven beautiful kids, a healthy wife. They're all in good standing, good well-being. Um, I have a rich relational network. I have opportunities that, that can reach the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. But all things in due time and due season, right? Because if I don't have peace, then it, it erodes purpose. And, and so that's kind of where, where some of which, what you're getting at, man. So I want to pivot into some of the, maybe a, a sweet story or two. And some of like, what, what was an awestruck moment for you in the middle of the, the tour? Because I know, I mean, like, number one, when we young and we out here balling and mm -hmm. kind of living the dream, right? It's like, I, I remember my first game in the National Football League. I'm, you know, they already out the locker and all of a sudden Mark Anthony come out the bathroom. I'm like, yo, Mark Anthony, what's good? Yeah, yeah. It's like, and I, it was like, what? Y'all dapped up Mark Anthony. He happy to see me. I'm like, yo, this, this is Mark Anthony. So what was some of y'all awestruck moments while you guys are in the tour just out here kind of living the dream and never imagined some of this kind of platform? It was a couple. One of the main ones was coming in from the club two, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Run the shower water, come out, we on TV. And that's when it kind of, because we didn't watch the, I know I didn't, like I didn't watch the show as it was going on. So I could go back and look at some of the episodes now and be like, I don't remember that, I don't remember that. <laughs> but that night, just like, well, they really got us next, 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 like the whole night they yeah. got the show on. So at that point, and then um, it was a situation with Flavor Flav, uh, uh, he was funny. Um, what's the other guy? Come here, Cat Williams. We was on the sideline waiting for the game to start. So he said, "Let me see the ball." And he turned his back to the bench and just threw the ball. Just, just seeing how the the people who we supported yeah. and, and was fans of they actually in our arena and for Jeez. those little things like that. I was looking. I was that person who was outside looking in. Yeah, to see how. We were making an impact. Yeah. For shacking them at our games and, you know, all your oh. celebrities at our games. This, this is almost like going to see Tyson fight, going to see Mayweather fight. Oh, you know, so it was deal. dope from that aspect. And I think that's when my eyes started opening. Like, like, wow, this is crazy. Like, you know, I always wanted to be successful, but my yeah. success is different than somebody else's success. Success to me is on, being man. able to be in a position to be successful to make others successful. Woo! Don't have to be a picket fence, white picket fence, Come big on, fence, man. and a bunch of cars. So for me, success is being able to put people in position to be successful, and that's success to me. That is literally what this podcast is about. It's about recognizing your journey and and also positioning yourself to be prepared for some of the challenges, but understanding that success doesn't come in one package. No. You know, you know, we're in the social, you know, we get it. We're all in this social media digital age. So you know, our eyes are kind of trying to redefine for us what success is. I'm like, man, 
let me be a janitor who knows who knows how to balance <laughs> his budget and can still invest in the market and yes. still you, you understand you know it's obviously not much money you make it's what you keep right mm-hmm. so just practical at least and that's just the financial side that's not even the purpose meaning version of success but we have to re you know reshape the narrative and I'm so I'm so so glad you really tapped into that so I mean it had to be something it's something special cuz like I said I'm in college when y'all kicking off on the tour we getting the tapes I mean I'll never forget the first one was skip and um I'm just like who are these dudes these dudes are superhumans <laughs> you know so like how do you get invited into some of these circles I I can't I can't even imagine 15 years old playing at the Rucker these were in our mind like for me and you you're just a few years older than me but I'm like, that was like, I didn't even know you can go play there. I'm like, yeah. you could go play there? <laughs> Skip was one of the youngest as well. Um, I was playing with uh, the Gaucho. So back in like the 80s, 90s, playing for an AU team was like a prestige thing. Yeah. You know, now you have more teams than players. Yeah. You know, so back then you couldn't play for no other team. If you mm. played for the Roadrunners with Sandy, you played with Sandy. You played for North Rams, you played with B. Totally. And this one game we had against the Gauchos, yeah, that's about 15. We had against the Gauchos, and the Gaucho, Lou Alameda, was like, yo, can we get him, can he play with us overseas? Yeah. So Brian was like, yeah. So I said, yo, like, why you let me play with them? And this is, this is years later on. I said, why you let me play with them? Yeah. He's like, yo, wall, man. If you know B. Crawford, he said, yo, wall, man. Man, we ain't going overseas. <laughs> you know, we, we, we the neighborhood team. You know, we, yeah. we were on Broad Street, the YMCA. No yeah. ramp, you know? Uh, Mr. Bill Wimbley, God rest him. He was the cash cow. He was the, 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 the as they would say, the CEO. The you know? CEO, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, my guards was uh, Skip to my, um, who was it? Um, Mo Brown, Stephon Marbury, um, Sham Guard, Felipe Lopez. We had a crazy team. That Gaucho team was crazy. So I'm leaving the Gaucho practice. And this Spanish guy come up to me and was like, yo, um, yo, you ever heard of the Rucker? And I was like, I heard of it, but you know, I, I'm Branch Brook, you know. <laughs> yeah, we oh, out here. That Orange League. <laughs> some, I mean, I don't know none of that. So yeah. I, I heard of it. He said, yo, you want to play? And I'm like, he said, yo, I'm going to put you on my team. It's called Mousy's Dream Team. He said, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to pick up Roger Rhodes from Jersey City, St. Anthony's. And we went out there that first time. See, coming from Jersey, we don't. It wasn't about like getting a name. I didn't know anything about that culture of that street basketball coach. By I'm coming out here, play ball, keep it moving. I didn't know that you would get paid to do this. Yeah. I didn't know none of that stuff in street basketball. <laughs> Rucker Park, I think Mousy, man. And um, that first year I played, did my thing. Yeah. Uh, kid from across the water. That's why I don't respect, and there's no diss to y'all. I don't nah. respect a person who got more followers than me. God bless I don't you. respect the, uh, the, I'm not trying to disrespect the person who, different, different said, grind, different hustle. All I know is this. And those that get a name, yo, come to the open run, we're going to give you a name, right? Yeah. I went from the kid across the water, Wawa, a couple years later, the coming attraction, a couple years later, yeah. main event. So wow. the steps I had to get to get to that To earn name, that name. Oh, yeah. So somebody that played and do one thing, Yo, I just be like, all right, like, all right, whatever, you're a good ball player. But yo, to get that name, yeah. to get it is one thing, but to be able to keep that name is another. Now I'm learning, I'm like, hold on, because Mousy would have me playing in Brooklyn, yeah. the Peligre, all Spanish-Dominican league, I don't even know what they say. So dope, bro. So, you, so by the time I got to Rucker, yeah. I done played in like three games that day. You know, so Rucker, <laughs> and then the other parts, they're like, yo, main event. Yo, I'm like, this is crazy. This is all new to me. This I'm like, is crazy. Through. 
your main event. Yo, when you play, your main event. Da, da, da. Yeah. I'm like, hold up. So I took the game a little bit different because I'm putting on for New Jersey. I love Tired it. Tired of New Jersey getting overlooked. Yeah. They say, oh, New York is so close. Are you talking about two different states? Nah, we two. Do a crime in New York. You're going love- to New York jail. Listen, do a crime in Jersey? You're going to Jersey jail. I, listen, 100%. <laughs> I tell people, you know, like, we, we like cousins, but we're not, we not cut from the same cloth. There's no. some distinct differences when different. you kind of grow up in these... In these, uh, in these muddy, muddy, dirty Jersey streets. It's different. You know what I'm it's different. No, the number blocks is different. Yeah. You know, Prince Street back in the day was oh, different. Man. Um, like, it's PJs, different. bro. It's real everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Think about it. Absolutely. You got, I heard this when I was younger. They said, yo, on the other side of the railroad tracks, uh, you go more south, the grass is greener, right? Yeah. But everywhere got a Dr. Martin Luther King block. Come on, bro. With Dr. Martin Luther King block, there's some kind of situation you could get into. That's yeah. just everywhere. Sad, just sadly, when, but very truthful. Okay. That's it. It's just when it comes to like crime and different things. Yeah. When you live in a suburbia or area where it don't supposed to happen, yeah. one crime, one crime, we get hit. We get hit with the hardest blow because we're emulating what's coming from those big cities. There you go. Okay, oh, 30 killers and no, 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 this year, they happy. Well, well fuck. But we had one, and it's like, yo, that's like 30. Yeah, yeah, you know? seriously. Sorry to get off subject with that, no, but, you no, know, we no, just, but we just, we We just rocking, bro. I'm like Jada in the booth. Bars <laughs> <laughs> all day, bars all day, we here for it. Oh, listen, man, so, I mean, I can't imagine, I know, obviously, the majority of people who have tremendous interest and kind of understand the significance of the N1 movement, street ball. I mean, like you literally change the whole approach of of basketball where we actually start to see NBA players emulating street ball, right? And that was, I mean, like, trust me, guys, it was nice. There was a few guys with nice handle, but the creativity yeah. was never there until you guys gave that kind of exposure. Who are the people that, that maybe you've crossed paths with in and I, I can only imagine, like you said, the business side. Like, we all had to learn and take our lumps in that era. Yes. And, and we're kind of like, my, even my era playing the National Football League, it, 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 it wasn't known information. You were either a big dog that had big money and big opportunity, or there really wasn't any opportunity. Yes. Whereas nowadays, everybody has a brand. Everybody yes. has a business. Everybody has a voice. So, uh, the, really, the question is, who are some of the people that, you know, were true liaisons to a, to help, you know, help you mature through the, some of the business side or the people that were real, you know, and, and what were some of the major lessons that you learned as you've evolved and understood where you've so, sat in history yes. having an imprint on the game? Um, I got to give a lot of credit to my agent to this day, Eugene Napoleon. So um, when I, when I first started doing that thing with the AM one, we didn't have a blueprint. You know, my mentor mm-hmm. is Joe Hammond, Pee Wee Kirkland. I yeah. would talk to those guys That's and all so Pee Wee would say is, don't let nobody take advantage of you on the business side. But you still remember, I met Ann One, I was 26 years old. So I didn't yeah. know. We don't know. We don't know about equity. We don't know about uh, sweat equity. Sweat, we don't sweat know about equity. sweat equity. Yeah. You, know, you don't know these things. You just out there. First of all, I never looked at it as, I hated when they had the slogan saying, street ball is my job. Maybe it was a job to someone who didn't, who didn't love to play it. I love to play basketball, so it was never my job. Real talk. Period. Real talk. Now, street ball, Ann One was never my job. <laughs> I got paid to play the game that I love to play, you know? Hey, so, man, um, that's so real. We don't want to talk about it. Listen, we get the business, but when you love it, it's not It's not really worth like that. You ain't even worried about if Mountain Dew cut that check. You're not worried about what they're doing. We don't even care about it. It's just like, yo, I'm, I'm, I love to do this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But 
as you mature and you start now, you start questioning things because when that came in, because everybody like, yo, you guys got taken advantage of, blah, blah, blah. And I still ask people this question today. You got guys who came from different backgrounds, right? Sure. And I say this humbly. I'm the one who brought corporate America into the street basketball culture, right? Quantify that a little bit because so, I feel like so I've heard you say it, that. You have, you have street basketball was something that we just went and did. That was how you, you know, in our neighborhoods, we go no to doubt. the coast, we go play in New York, got the tournaments, got the tournaments, right? Um, we was able to take a company and, and when I say bring corporate America, now you got and one, right? Mm -hmm. who, who, I, who, who was a sponsor to the culture, right? Got it. Then you got your Mountain Dew, your Rock Fosgate, your Western Unions. That's merging corporate America to street basketball. Absolutely. Right? Um, what happens is when you start, what they say, you, you know more, you do more, you do more, you know more. There it that's is. It. So as you start not just looking at or being looked at as just an athlete. Sure. But a part also of got to remember the person who was giving y'all some of these pieces to put into this puzzle. Not knowing that y'all called the training camp when we come and think of be playing ball, that was just a think camp where y'all was stealing our ideas. Boom, right? boom. So as you start learning and seeing exactly how this how this machine is running, that's why I said, yeah, we bought corporate America, but I never wanted corporate America to own the the the, the culture. Sure. Because if you're not born from the culture, it's just business as usual. Whew, and that's on, how man. it starts. So that's why I mentioned Eugene Napoleon that because the questions he's asking them was different than the questions I was asking anyone because I was going in with no blueprint. Oh, the first year, 3,500, a couple oh. games. Now, mind you. Oh, I'm sorry. Back to what people say. Oh, y'all got used this and that. To this day, I ask a person, regardless of what they think, right? Yeah. You're talking about a group of guys who went and was doing something they love to do. Yeah. We getting paid to bust y'all behind. <laughs> no, you can't tell me a player that was making over six figures in three months. And one was only May, June, July. Jeez. So yeah, they grossed 300 million and all that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but yeah. We signed the contracts. We didn't know anything. Am I mad at them? All right, so with us, I know we have in our contracts and our paperwork something called the act of kindness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you came in and I'm stuck at 50 million, yeah. and you came in and, and we grossed 300 million, I'm gonna give you another company check. I'm gonna be like, yo, bro, catch this right here. Come on, bro. bro. <laughs> Come on, Catch bro. this on the helmet. Come on, bro. Just a, just a kindness. Absolutely. But they say, it's, they it's have doing to? No. The, yeah, they, there you go. You so, don't have to do it. Man, this, this is, this I is a, a lot. This, I this think is, them guys. And it, it's amazing that, you know, and I, and I understand how people obviously get embittered on the business side, mm -hmm. but in business, there's no obligations, right? There's that's what contracts are for. What you're obligated to do, versus what would be, what would be the, the quote unquote right thing to do in light of uh, oversight, right? Yes. Maybe we didn't recognize that this would be the ginormous opportunity. They didn't know, and they didn't They're know. Young, they didn't. They, they didn't know. They had no clue. And, and like I said, it would be right for to make all parties right to make this a long term yes. win. And sadly, majority of the people. No. Cause they Man. jumped out. They jumped out. Look, I tell people they be like, yo, you know, just just to do business, just standard sure. general business. You gotta have, you know, everything in order. Your business plan, blah blah blah. Boom. But the football culture doesn't have a business plan because you're dealing with lives. You're yeah. dealing with changing lives. So I can't go with my five year business plan. That first five years, the first two it may be a, a, a failure. Mm. So we gotta keep pushing it because now when you step back and say it's 
Everybody go to a sporting event is not there to be the quarterback, the running back. The, some want to be the coach. Some want to be yeah. the referee. Some want to be the person that work in the concession. Be the so DJ. I, all of that. It's so I'm there. thinking about all of this stuff like, nah. Yeah. This business side of it didn't know what was going to happen because they didn't have a blueprint neither. That's, fact. that's, that's real fact. And no, most people will be surprised to understand that about business. Listen, don't let me help you understand. Even in the NFL, there's there's some clubs and cultures that really don't know what the hell they're doing. And it's, and it's just real facts. It's just that they got, they have a business that is business over business. Yes. It doesn't mean they actually know how to run the business. It doesn't mean that they actually know P&Ls. And it doesn't mean they actually know how to run their numbers. It doesn't mean they actually know the business yes. of how to actually maximize and monetize their product. Now these now these legacy franchises are just starting to get in it, just bringing in analytics, just bringing in smarter people. But it was a club. It was a family. It was things like that. That's for the Giants. We see what happened with the Redskins. Yes. Trust me, it's, it's all over the place, man. Hey, guys, looking for an edge in sports betting? Our sponsor, betting.us, has got you covered. Get expert analysis, betting tips, and up-to-date odds all in one place. Bet smarter with betting.us, the ultimate sports betting destination. Everybody has, we have our own experiences, losses, pain points, and traumas that kind of bring us to our, our true selves, right? What were some of those, you know, real defining formative experiences for you where it was a soul-searching moment where you had to deal with darkness? How'd you, how'd you overcome it? I think when someone, really the, 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 the people, Maybe they feel as though a person should be here or they should be here, right? Sure. They're dealing with, they look at like accolades, personal items or personal things, right? For me, it was more being who I am with or without. Mm. So you still, it's still me. <laughs> I, I don't act that way. I don't act this. I was just me. Yeah. And it, it helped me being because I was never putting up a front. It's fine. Regardless if I have or don't have. Yeah. No one would never know because I never used that as you're going to like me for because I got resources. I got the nice car. I got the nice house. No, you're going to like me for who I am. Yeah. Because with the without, whether I'm in a G-Rod or, or, or getting out of a, a G5, you're still going to rock with me. Dragon, because I'm, you, you're going to get to like my soul who I am. Because it's me. It's me. Man, you know, I love that, man. Of course, you know, my dad passed a couple years ago. You know, my grandmother. Those, those are the things, especially when someone passed a loved one, a friend. Because we're taught, we're taught how to live with our loved ones. Sure. But we're not taught how to live without them. So Ooh. every day has been a, 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 a trying time for me. Bro, you just it, said it, a it lot just, right it there. Just, it, just, it just get crazy. Like yeah, get you said a lot stuff. right there. And I want to, you know, I, I remember us reconnecting the last few years. I recall that you and your father had some really powerful, um, transformative prayer experiences yeah. that was really shifting Definitely. Shifting your life, if you, don't, if you don't mind, talk about that, because I think it's inspirational on so many different levels. We talk about being grounded, but the significance of a father-son relationship and what the bond is that, that brings healing as we evolve as men. Mama more, I say mama bear is more like, uh, hey, what happened? Oh, you fell? Come here. And they're going to pamper you. Pops, pops was more like, man, get up, man. It's like what happened again, yo. And is that and that's okay sometimes, right? Yes, yes. He, it's, it's tough Thank love you. with Pop. You yeah. know, Pop was like, listen, I'm going to teach you to be a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, told me to speak out for myself, never lie. Um, if I'm in the right, you're going to ride with me. If I'm in the wrong, 
He gonna ride with me, but it's gonna be we gonna you know <laughs> might get popped up a little bit. But he gonna ride. But he always just, I try to tell my boy, don't ever lie to me about nothing because I'm, I gotta know how I gotta bring a defense to this. Like how do we get you out of this? But if you lie, I can't yeah. really do nothing. I remember myself. I lied one time. I'm out with my guys. I don't know what was what happened, but I know I bust my hand. I was walking down, bust my hand open, and got had masters, a hundred and some stitches, crazy, right? E. So my dad see me. He come in the hospital. He says, "Uh, what happened?" I said, "Nah, you know the elevator had this thing, blah blah blah." He was like, "The elevator." So the next day he says, "Uh, hey, let's go down there. I see a lawsuit. Look at your hand, hand all blown up." So he go in the elevator. Now I'm like, oh man, what is shop on this elevator? So you know the the, the, the door, the, the handle, the door for the phone. Yeah. So just so happened it was open. So I said, oh yeah, right there. So my father's like, boom, kept in his head, boom. He said, yo man, listen man. He said, yo, whatever cut your hand was very very sharp. He said, you can have me look like a fool. He said, you ain't cut your hand on this elevator. Yeah. I waited till I got older, older, older. He said, I said, Dad, you know what happened? Da, da, da. He was like, he said, I knew what you told me didn't happen. <laughs> he said, you see, I ain't going to get no lawyer. So we had a real dope relationship. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I say, when I came from down south with my mom, like uh, Ray Allen, uh, I know John Morant family. Uh, wow. We from that, that Dazzle, Rembrandt country area, you know? And um, wow. my mom had to come up. When I moved from with her, I was going to get kicked out of school. She's going to lose her job because she was back and forth. My dad came and got me. My stepmom, you know, I, I, I miss her as well. God rest her. Yeah. But she took me hands in. My father told her, listen, my son coming up here, boom, from South Carolina to Elizabeth. My grandmother was already in Linden. Fire. And when I got cut, when I got cut, that's when I came to Linden because my mother had moved from down south to Linden. And I went out for the team and I made the team. And then it was just crazy from there. Even yeah, at Rutgers, crazy. I was at Rutgers University. I was about I to say, I played at Rucker Park when I was playing out there. So Mousy had me young, and I was, I played against the best players of, with the so best. So the whole guys, time you, know? you growing up, then I'm you have a, a quick stint at Rutgers. Yeah. Tell me how that affected you, because you you were you were you were there. Obviously, an amazing talent at Rutgers, but unfortunately, you, you got you, you didn't you weren't able to stay. Tell me how that affected your psyche, and you know, what's the internal mechanisms that's like, yo, let's keep pounding forward. So when I came out of high school, first of all, I I, I take credit. I take sure. blame, right? I take yeah, the blame. ownership, like for poor decisions. Like we all made, t made tons of poor decisions. Yes. This yes. is why I feel like I'm I'm the most credible, one of the most credible voices because I've made yes. enough bad decisions and I've been fortunate to, to make enough really good decisions yes. Yes. to justify, have enough experience making dumb decisions and I got some really great experience on the other side of, man, how you become a man of integrity, a man of virtue, and how you find success on the long term. So I yes. get it, man. But the ownership is huge. Yes. If we never own our mistakes, and that's as happening. husbands, as yeah. fathers, as then we never grow. It'll keep on happening. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I want to put that out there first. That I take responsibility. But my responsibility I'm taking is me. But there was also some assistance. Oh, absolutely. So my, um, my senior year... You know, in the 90s, you had to have a 700 on the SAT and a 2.0 GPA. Yep, yep. I went to, uh, I'll never forget this. I think I was at the Zanzibar. Club Zanzibar. Night. I was at Club Zanzibar <laughs> on a Friday night. I got the SAT in Montclair on Saturday. I got a 640. No, 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 no. A five something. <gasps> well, this straight from the club. To 200 for writing your name, right? <laughs> Yo, no, yo, that's a fact. So, nah, it's all good. So now, all right. So I met this uh, this this lady, and she says, um, she said, "What'd you get on your SAT?" Yeah. So I told her. She's like, "Okay." 
She said, you need to get the Princeton Review. And don't take it in Montclair. Take it in Cranford. Okay. This, I'm, I'm going to have to go back to the story because I'm like, I'm, I'm in high school. I'm like, what you talking I barely about? got to, to Montclair. Now you're going to go to Cranford. <laughs> but in between there, my dad was paying $1,000. I had to go to do the Princeton Review. So I don't know if the Princeton Review helped or if me taking it in Cranford versus going to Montclair. Gotcha. But I'm going to get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Take the test. I got an 890. Nice. Go to my coach. I'm not going to say who the coach is. Yeah, yeah. I'll let y'all. He's going, we all go good. To we the good coach. there. Keep it clean. I think he was from Montclair. I go to the coach. I said, yo, I got, I got, I got an 890. Yeah. He was like, what, you cheated, son? <laughs> yo, I'm talking about not no joking. Did you cheat, son? Like, really? Like, like, like I blew his covers. Like, like he's, yeah. he's mad. Yeah. So I got recruited by almost every school. D1, oh. D2, whatever. And I had a, a, a bag just full of letters. These full open. My mother said, yo, why you got these letters over here? Well, the ones over here I'm not going to open because if they can't spell my name right, I can't go to that school because my name is Arabic. And it means Wali, W-A-L-I-Y-Y. And it means loved and protected by the creator. Fire. So the ones open up, Rutgers, they came in like sixth grade, no, eighth grade, come to my game, blah, 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 blah. So now you have to have a 2.0, 700 SAT. Yeah. Now think about what I'm going to tell you. I had a, this is what they said I had when I came out, a 1.9 GPA. Yeah. And I had the 890 on the SAT. Fast forward, now I get recruited by Jeff Van Gundy and Eddie Jordan. That's so dope. As soon as I signed, I went to school, I went to school with Eddie's son. I signed, they leave. They never coached me or nothing, right? So I'm dealing with that. Keep that in mind. Yeah, I'm dealing yeah. with that. Now they're telling me I got to sit out my freshman year because I was a high recruit since a guy named James Belly. Okay. The way Bob Winslow's mind was, if he come here, during that time, I was in Atlantic 10. You could transfer to a, a school in Atlantic 10 and don't have to sit out. That's how, that's how the rules was. Uh, yeah. So what they did was, being I was a high recruit, they had to figure a way out. How do we keep him at Rutgers? Now, mind you, the players they had... I knew I was going to learn from them. So I knew I wasn't going to start. Yeah. I didn't mind that. Okay. Steve Worthy. You got um, Donnell Lumpkin. You know, you got Mark Redden. Yeah. You got Cruz. I'm That's learning solid. if these guys beat UNLV. Mm -hmm. I was at the game, young okay. boy. So now, when I look at, when I go back and look at my grades, man, <laughs> a good kindness counselor, a mediocre, a halfway guidance counselor would have said, yo, this is what we're going to do. You got a 1.9. Yeah. You have to take summer school. You can't walk. The whole thing behind my coach making a deal, and he had a house right by Rutgers, by the rack. I used to go to the games, spend the night. Go talk to that talk, bro. It's real. Now, I sat out. I ate that. But that year, I got discouraged because now I find myself at Douglas Mart every day. Douglas Mart was the liquor store. I'm going yeah. To my yeah. And that's when Chicago came in and said, Yo, I got to move you from here to go over here. Yeah. Said, nah, it ain't going to work out. Fast forward now. I go look at my grades. I'm like, man, wasn't that bad of a student? Because I don't remember getting too many whoopings behind my grades. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't have no apps really. Just you know what I'm saying? needed the right guidance. I'm looking like, I got a 1.9. Who you think gave me my lowest grade? Saying ain't so. It's your coach. Question. No. Gym class. Gym class coach? The boy who. who my who, head coach was who, my who, gym coach. Who literally said, you got a you, you cheated. You cheated? Man, his no, name is Wilbur Akins. Oh man, that's no Wilbur good. Wilbur Akins. You'll hear it in my life story docu-movie, man. Four oh, quarters. Man, yo. that's no good. So how it how it came to a point when because all my kids play, I never forced sports on them. Yeah, but yeah. I said, if y'all gonna play basketball, y'all have to take tennis. 
Yeah. Because it helps with your hand and eye coordination. That's dope. I think it was you, I think. My son Q right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a plastic bag full of and one headbands, T-shirts, all that. Yo, the dude almost had tears. Now, Mike, you got to remember, this is years after. Jeez. Yo, he had like tears in his eyes. And he's telling him, yo, your dad, one of the greatest guys, man. He's a good man. That, that was confirmation that you thought you stopped me. You stopped my career, bro. Dang, man. Because think about it. I would have just, I would have walked. I, I, would've, I, would've, I wouldn't have walked. I would have went yeah. to summer school. And I, what you going to summer school took, for? Jump. the grades. Who's your teacher? The coach. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I had man. C's. I had C's, D's. I ain't had no A's. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my grades shouldn't have, I shouldn't have had a 1.9. Nah. Nah, you should have. Man, shout out to Ace, man. You ain't hold me back, yo. <laughs> Shalom, man. I love you, Miss Keller, but you know, I Listen, keep it 1,000. You was born to rise. You was born to rise, man. And, um, but man, like, like I said, you, and, and it's a beautiful thing. We talked earlier about being chosen, being chosen to arrive at certain places, allowing our, our story, our narrative, and ultimately that that resilient heart to bring us to the destination that we ultimately feel like God has for us. When you mentioned what you felt like made you unique, you're talking about remaining authentic. And um, it's, it's one of my favorite scriptures that's kind of taken out of context. You know, and Paul says, I know how to abound and I know how to abase. Yes. Then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So remaining the same person, whether you're celebrated or whether you hate it, being consistent um, and work ethic and person. And um, I just really wanted to just wash that over you, man, because it's powerful because I've I've been inspired and, and not knowing the full story. But when you when you look at the pedigree of a person and how your life is being woven together through these different experiences. And if we could actually minimize some of the collateral damages through poor decisions, mm -hmm. then we can really accelerate getting to that significant place a moment give me something else so like right now you you i mean just just talk moving into this stage of maturity um and understanding your your role and continue to keep the essence of what makes the blacktop so special what's your goals moving forward with with the uh, association with the blacktop streetball association and just other areas and how you get more involved in the community right here in our great garden state and, and beyond that goes back to a lot of little cliche things they say where they say, you know, one door closed, another one opens. Sure. Um, making the best out of nothing, right? And what where it takes me is to my grandparents. Mm. Um, it all goes back to the church. Mm -hmm. I watched my grandparents, especially my grandmother, Nana, take a, a steak. We used to have like a like a burger, I forget, I forget what they call them. The steak, steak, not a steak, but like a steak with this with the gravy. I oh, like the Salisbury steak. The Salisbury steak. The Salisbury, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's, almost, hey. it's, it's, it's second in line from a TV dinner, right? Yo, bro. Yo. I, Yo. Folks know that these little kids nah, don't nah. even know about no side. Nah, I remember nah. I used to think it was real steak. I'm like, is this hamburger? Yo. <laughs> those, so where I'm at, where I'm going to give you a comparison with the business where I'm at. Um, I look at those, those times sure. and see how my grandmother was able to take that Salisbury steak and give us seven different meals. Beautiful. From that steak. It might have some, some string beans with it. It might have some peas with it. It might have something with it. Steak, steak the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the catch. Yeah. <laughs> and also. That was the catch, yeah. The, the, the involvement that the church, we, we was always in church, mm -hmm. right? My sisters and them, most of them is uh, uh, Sunni Muslims. Wow, okay. Me, my uncle named me, my name is Wali Abdul. Yeah. But for some reason, and I, I respect all religion, for some reason, 
it was hard for me because I'm the youngest. Sure. I'm with my grandmother. I was the last one to be with my grandmother in the house. And church, Grand, Grand Hill, Grand, uh, Mount Moriah Church. Yeah. The church was the foundation. But I'm young and I'm watching. I'm seeing how she was. Nina, why we got all these clothes in the attic? Yeah. Oh, because you never know who might need something. I'm little. Pure. Nina, why you keep going to all these funerals? Do you know these people? No, but I'm going to know somebody when I get there. I'm so, like, I'm watching the things. And I'm saying, if my grandmother. Night, every night before she go to bed, every every morning, I catch her praying. Yeah. I said at her funeral, I said, you know what? She was praying for days like this. She was praying for times like this to show us yeah. that prayer is what's going to be, what's going to help. So to put that with the business is sure. When you're doing something to where it's more than just, you know, sucking and jiving or or, 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 or um, just want to go to a community and put on an event and keep it moving, that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is going to take a little longer, but it's going to last forever because the company's based off of God, mm-hmm. generational wealth, and residual income, right? Beautiful. How do we take the entertainment side and be able to talk about prison reform? We're able to talk about financial literacy. We're able to talk about the NFTs, the reverse gentrification, yeah. uh, mental health awareness. See, these companies, when I say when they're not from the culture, sure, the government deal with our issues from a statistic point of view, sure. no. I want to deal with that person who was in that accident. Yeah. Or that person who drunk a little bit too much. Yeah. Because they're, they're going to give it to me straight up. And it's not about a check. It's not about this person came from a single home. Sure. They're going to act this way. If they lived over here, they're going to act that way. No. Yeah. We need those resources. So my point that I'm getting at is that we hit in five major cities. And the basketball side is the small part. But it's something that we're parenting the culture. Beautiful. No one have ever parenting the, the culture. culture because the culture is just so wild. We wild. And That's it's also <laughs> alternative because everybody, I did a thing on Instagram and I broke down the actual numbers. I'm not telling y'all y'all can't do anything y'all want to do. As long as it's positive, you can do anything. Absolutely. I'm not going to be the person who tells you can't do something because I can't do it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just say that first. Mm-hmm. The opportunities that, that opens up through the blacktop, through the culture, we have to be the ones who's really pulling the next play or, or presenting the next play because it's more than just a Robin Hood. We yeah. want to plant these seeds. Yeah. We want to bridge the gaps between the programs that's not working because once again, it goes back to those messages that I get. It goes back to my grandparents. And those messages is, yo, I wasn't doing this. Sure. Yo, I stayed in trouble for four hours because I came to y'all event. Yo, yeah. I was in high school following you. He said, thank, thank you for social media. I followed you in high school. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Peace, bro. Cool, cool, cool. He said, no, I don't think you understand. Mm-hmm. Dude says he was following me because he had a younger sibling the mother or father, however it went, they wasn't there, you know, they, sure. they was addicted, whatever. He would follow me to my games and bet that I'm a dunk. Wow. That's how he was able to put food on the table for his siblings. I said, come on, bro. I said, yo, I'm glad. Jeez. I'm glad I had 1,700, I think 80 points. 500 was dunked, so 250, <laughs> they ate. <laughs> and they ate. They ate good, you know what I'm saying? But Trust he said me. he would follow my games. And like, yo, I bet you he dunk it. Or I bet you he get this dunk. I said, you see, yo, for real, yeah. yo, no, no lie. I was like, wow. So my point is, giving up wouldn't be giving up on myself. Yeah. Giving up would be giving up on a generation master that I'm teaching them more about life. 
Bet. about Bet. the things we're going to endure. Sure. And we a lot of people don't do that. A nah. lot of people don't. We don't have to. We don't have to be doing this right here. Yeah. We can just live with our life. But nah. God got us here. <laughs> There to you go. Those plays that he given us. No, one hundred percent, man. And we, and we and we have to. I think you know we we get the general premise of to whom much is given, and now with the understanding and moving into these stages of maturity, the influence and the opportunity. Like you're talking about, you're you're an icon in the world. You're talking about Pee Wee. I mean, golly, <laughs> you know, like the people that you run across and have respect from. I think that's number one. What means the most, but understanding that there's purpose in the midst of the platform. That's what I really love about what you're doing, who you are. Um, we'd be remiss not to talk about, you know, rest in peace, you know, your, your family and uh, family in my heart, Ron Dixon. My father knows best, one of the most impactful human beings that's come across both of our lives. Man. And I know the thread as to, you know, and I, I, want, I want the audience to kind of grab hold of there's so many storylines in here from resilience to, uh, you know, vision to determination and ultimately impact. But Ron Dixon was one of these people that gave his life to his community yeah. and um, and is still inspiring us to this day. And This was already planned. Oh, absolutely. Like the, the, it was already, Ron already, it was it was already, it, yo, that's, that's why I told you today in the message, I said, yo, you're going to be smiling down on this, man. Yeah, we're here. So, you know, definitely want to you know, want to give him a big shout and um, just let everybody know where they can find more of, of, of main event, Wale Dixon, man, and um, and what to expect from you in, in, in the future. Um, Blacktop Streetball Association, that's uh, www.btsba.com, official main event and one on Instagram, Wale Main Event Dixon on Facebook. And once again, it's so many different moving pieces to the Blacktop sure. movement. You know, we're going to keep getting got into the it. Big Guard Academy. And people say, yo, but I'm not a big guard. But his mission statement behind Big Guard Academy is, Every person come through here, they're going to have the mentality of a big, big guard. Because that's you're working on your heart. <gasps> you know, so, um, but you can check out those websites. Check me out. We all about the community. We're here to save lives. We cannot allow those to continue to uh, dictate our narrative. We have to change our cultural thinking. We have to get back to the basics of life. Yeah. Yes, we can learn different technology. We went to Disney World a few years ago, and I'm happy that we went on this particular ride. Yep. It was like a like a carousel, but it was indoor, and it was showing how the times changed with technology. So I'm glad they saw that. It was yeah. a, 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 a box with a radio, and then it got to this, then it got to the microwave. Yeah, See, yeah, we jumped yeah. right onto the technology, but I want the kids to know where it came from so you can appreciate it. Sure. you know. Hey, listen, man, and at the end of the day, it's always going to... What people connect to the most is the human element. And so what you're talking about is presenting these platforms, services, programs, and opportunity, but not missing the opportunity to engage with the heart and allow the culture to have lasting impact. And it, like I said, it takes it takes soldiers. At the end of the day, it takes people who can have a mission mindset and, and understand how their legacy can lead to a real contribution. Yes. And so, man, um, I just, I, I just, of course... It was, you know, back in 2005, Ron Dixon, you know, I, mean, I mean, Ron Austin was um, telling me about, you know, main event. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm meeting this dude like me selling wolf tickets, man. That ain't your cousin, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's telling me the same with you. Yo, Ty, yo, I tell you, he loves you, man. Yo, oh, yeah. David Tyree, David Tyree, <laughs> David Tyree. First thing, David Tyree going to be there. I'm like, yo, Ron, I'm there, I'm there, you know, from, from day one, man. So we yeah. definitely connected yeah. back in the day, but now it's full circle. Yes. And, um, and man, I thank you for just catching this moment with us. Make sure y'all tune in to, uh, you know, Blacktop, uh, you know, Streetball Association. It is going to 
be a legacy of impact. And make sure y'all continue to tune, tune in with Catch the Moment Podcast. Like, share, subscribe. We're going to keep getting great done. Let's go.